look for the helpers in times of crisis. That's what Mr. Rogers said. And we are looking now and seeing them. The volunteers, the actors of random kindness, the folks drawing happy messages on the street with sidewalk chalk. Today on A Valid Podcast, three disability advocates break down how we can all make an impact during the pandemic and in the world's other challenges. I'm Jennifer Shveta-Jordan, and I'm here with the inimitable Elisa Grishman. And for the first time on A Valid Podcast, we are joined by Chaz Kellum. He is a Pittsburgh native who bleeds black and gold. Chaz is also a disability, diversity, and inclusion advocate. He plays wheelchair basketball and a whole lot of other things. And Dr. Josie Badger is in the house. Well, she's in her house like we all are. She's been around these podcast parts before. Josie's a healthcare ethicist. Her question starts today's show. Do you think that there is any additional importance on being involved um, in the non-disability community more or less than being involved in, in the disability community itself? I mean, they both very much carry their own weight and level of importance. Um, I have tackled this question from a diversity and equity lens because I think there's something to be said about me as a person that identifies as an African-American and a person of color. What does it mean to be inside an agency and have the opportunity to make change as opposed to outside of it? Um, so the same question would be for a disability-related topic of can we make more change by being infused into the fabric of that institution versus as being on the outside so my answer is yes um Mm -hmm. so not only are we learning and growing and it was mentioned that volunteering is sort of self-rewarding and so there's something about ourselves that that we that we gain from volunteering but those around us are learning are changing, are adapting, sometimes with and without even knowing it. So there is a significant level of importance about the disability community um, being involved in non-disability related um, institutions around the country. And please know I use that word institutions very largely um, because again, like, it's not necessarily about us. It's about what comes after us. What can we do to make change for the people after us? You know, I want to make things easier for the generations after me. Just like many of the historians and people that did before us, I want to make it easier for those that come after me. I want there to be That's- more opportunities. I say that all the time. I say that, you know, the reason that I do all the work that I do and sacrifice what I do is so that the next generation doesn't have to. And so for people who are just turning, tuning in now, uh, we have been having a discussion on, uh, you know, the work of volunteering and how it isn't just about the people that we are serving, but, you know, the fact that we ourselves are benefiting from that. I want our thing, things to be nice for you too, and for me. Not just the people of the future. Just saying. Well, th- that too, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I fight so that other people don't have to, you know, because like I know that I'm capable of bearing the burden of the fight. You know, I I am, for example, I'm white. I have white privilege. I can safely stand in front of police and, you know, 
barricade them because I have that white privilege. So I'm going to do that so that the people of color behind me who are in the fight are safe, you know, that sort of thing. I, I have a wonderful friend who uh, does printing for me at times when I need bulk orders. And she's always apologizing that she can't come to protests and things like that. It's like, but we're each doing our necessary part. You know, I can't afford to do this bulk printing. You can't, you know, job wise, for job reasons, you can't risk getting in trouble at a protest. Let's come together and form one awesome unit. And so, you know, yes, I'm more of a public face than she is. And I try to, I tell her all the time in every way I can, thank you. But like, you know, I, I, I fight so that people who want to, but don't feel like they can, you know, so their voices are heard too. And I think that leads to a really interesting piece that um, volunteering activism can come in so many forms. Like, not only are we looking at work in the disability and outside disability communities, but there's so many ways of being involved. I've never directly been a part of ADAPT or sit-ins, but I do a lot of legislative work. But right. when I'm out there working on a bill or something, I need those stories from individuals who are struggling, who are at home sharing videos and pictures um, just as much as me being there. Amen. Chaz, you're shaking your head there. I didn't know if you wanted to jump in. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's level of importance for all that, right? Like you need the donors that give the money. You need the people to sit in. You need the people that know how to, how to shake a politician's hand and work a politician over in the office. I mean, you need all those people to make the change. The key to all of that, though, there has to be glue. There has to be some glue that keeps all that voice together. Um, and that takes time, that takes resources, that takes a level of commitment from everybody involved. Um, and and it, no matter what you're advocating or fighting for, there has to be a diverse group that's fighting for that, right? So when the, specifically in the disability movement, we need quote-unquote, able-bodied individuals to be part of our fight, too, just as much as we need individuals with disabilities to be alongside us. So, you know, um, every movement has been inclusive in some way, um, historically, um, as the word inclusion has changed definition over time, but every movement has been somewhat inclusive in some way and has been challenging and has had wins and losses. Um, and there have been things throughout each movement that have tried to get it off its path. So um, there, t there takes a certain level of discipline that comes with uh, pushing the movement through as well. I want to say the cohesion, the glue, is this podcast. I can <laughs> dream, you know? Yes. I'm volunteering for my church, calling people, simply making phone calls to people, people over 80 years old. And one of the pieces of feedback I'm hearing, you know, the church is doing their live streaming masses now or their morning service, you know, morning prayer on Facebook. You know, these people I'm talking to are like, I don't have a computer. I, you know, oh yeah, my son has a computer here, but I don't know what to do with it when he's not here. And I, so I offered this morning, um, 
you know, what if I did like a recorded message or something? And, you know, they're because the church is now communicating by text. And, you know, it, when we're there, they've got the paper bulletin. Like, how are, how are folks going to um, get the information they want, you know, and like about their friends who died in particular? That's, that's been a big one. And uh, yeah, so I feel like I should do something. So I come from a, I'm a third generation radio person. Um, you know, I mentioned my grandparents had a polka show and my dad used to volunteer for reading information service, which is, you know, radio for the blind. And uh, so I'm like, I, I have this in me, maybe dad could even help somehow. Um, you know, my atheist dad, that would be great if he joined me in reading from the bulletin. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it's another thought about inclusion. And when we think we're getting a certain group, we might be missing another group. And to just be cognizant of that, we also have a, at St. Mary in the Mount, um, a large deaf community. And so I'm thinking about like them and, you know, I'm not seeing a lot in the online videos with sign language. Um, mm. I think I saw, I, they started to do it, I think, but, mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, they started a new podcast, which is like, I don't know if they're sending out a script for that, but that's another kind of exclusion anyway. Well, and that's a nice thing that like making us aware of it, you know, we can reach out to our own religious bodies and say, hey, you need to make a change. Because like, I, I, I do like to give places the benefit of the doubt sometimes, especially like, I know we've had 30 years for the ADA to be fully realized and it's not. But especially in this time of constant panic, constant worry, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt of that just they weren't thinking about it because they weren't thinking about any of this. And so it's worth, you know, reaching out to your priest, your rabbi, your uh, guru, you know, anyone and saying, is there a way that we can add this in, you know, and, and donating your time, like you were saying about your atheist dad, I'm Jewish and I would still happily sit and read church bulletins to anyone who wanted, you know, I'd read the Quran to someone who wanted, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, when I say I'm Jewish, I'm atheist too. Don't ask. Cultural. Anyway. Yes, I know. I <laughs> Giant <laughs> Buddhist atheist with Jewish background, et cetera, et cetera. But like, you know, there's so many ways that we can step up to help our neighbors, including, you know, I had this project that uh, was doing a while back with the Golden Triangle Council for the Blind, which was going to be writing up this letter to send to local restaurants with a list of resources to like, you know, here's the economic incentive of why you should make these improvements because you'll get more business. Here's resources to how to do it. So it was a very nice, kindly worded letter. It would be so easy to do something like that for your church of just saying, hey, I know that you guys are in a in a lather right now trying to get this done in extraordinary times. Here are some ways that you can get it done better. And here's why you should do it. Right. And it would be yeah. wonderful for people yeah, to do. Yeah, I did. I tried to say it nicely. I think I did. I think that we're in this time we are seeing some really great adaptation to other populations. And I think that 
some individuals are being forced um, to try things that they wouldn't have. So my dad has hearing loss and he had never done an online video chat or anything, but he realized that because my parents run a, a Bible study at the church, he has realized that the audio through the computer is so much clearer for him that he can understand everyone better. And so a huge piece of all of this is helping individuals that might not have used that technology to help them be able to. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff is available through phones, smartphones, mm -hmm. and a majority, not all, but a majority of individuals have some access to a phone. Right. And so, you know, I think that part of our our call right now is to make sure that people are um, able to stay connected. Chaz, Kellum, I've been cyber stalking and you have the Steel Wheelers Photo Challenge. And I wonder first if you could say what the Steel Wheelers are. Yeah, so this, this Pittsburgh Steel Wheelers is a nonprofit organization here that provides recreational and uh, sport competition for individuals with disabilities uh, in three sports currently, wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby, and hand cycling. We offer three sports for those in the region. Um, you don't have to be a Pittsburgher to live anywhere in the region. And we offer both competitive and recreational opportunities in those sports. And uh, our youngest players are, are small kids, kids. And then we, we build up our, one of my oldest players on the, on the basketball side of things is in his mid sixties. So That's it brings awesome. a level of, wow. a level of competition. It brings a level of uh, a group comfort and a, uh, we were in it together, um, both the sport that we're involved with, but also as a member of the disability community. So it's, uh, it's been a thrill to be part of the organization for several years and it predates uh, even me. Uh, I'm in my mid thirties. This organization has been around for quite some time so uh it's 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 a great pittsburgh staple and right now to stay connected uh i suppose you're you're doing a photo challenge and what does that consist of yeah, so the photo challenge is a, uh, an opportunity for the members of the organization to share a photo without a caption. Um, there was some scripted message language that we used. And you share a photo, you tag another member of the organization or your team, and you share a photo without a caption. And it really was designed to, to spread the message about the organization far and wide. It was designed to uh, build a sense of uh, camaraderie and a foundation amongst each of the members of the organization to let them know that we're still there, we're still out there for you and with you. Um, and, and it really was fun. I mean, it really allowed us to dive deep into our photo archives and pull a photo out. And, you know, one thing about the organization is that uh, we're in it together, as I mentioned. And many times through this uh, isolation and quarantine, we're alone. And we might feel alone, we may, we may be physically alone, but we're not alone. And that photo challenge uh, and the organization itself is designed to, to showcase that level of camaraderie and group dynamics. Um, you know, so, so I, I think that photo challenge was a, a digital way to, to continue that. What was your photo? Oh, man, I don't even know if I remember. I did three photos. Um, so you're supposed to do three photos. Uh, my photos were all respectable and fun photos. Uh, <laughs> and they all included, uh, we actually also tagged some fans of ours. So okay. people that have come and watched us and supported us, they even got involved in a challenge. Oh, lovely. I, think of, I think one of mine was of a fan. Uh, so 
it was it was fun. I, I love that it can be respect respectable and funny. Is that what? Yes. Is that the yeah. the mark you hit? That's yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, thanks to all of you for being here, Elisa. Always appreciate it. Yay! Good. And so great to be here. Chaz, great to have you. I hope you'll come again. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I look forward to future opportunities. Always and fun, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, everyone. That Bye. was great. Bye. A Valid Podcast is produced by Unabridged Press. It is created with support from the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University. Free podcast workshops are available to people with disabilities. Those are now available online. For more information, you can visit allabilitiesmedia.org.